You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back in to the latest edition of the Arrowhead Pride Report. It is Friday morning, October 13th, and I am Stephen Serta. Joined, as always, by the leader of Arrowhead Pride, Pete Sweeney. Sween, Chiefs improved to 5-1 and one on Thursday night with a rip-roaring 19-8 win over the Denver Broncos. Yeah, this is the most lopsided 11-point victory in NFL <laughs> I have never seen a team beat another team so bad, 19 to 8. Very, very, very strange game. I think we all kind of understand what this is now. You can't really call it an aberration, an outlier, with it being six games in. It's a team that struggling in in certain, certain ways offensively, and the defense has been the story of, the first quarter and a, and a couple games here. So I want to get into the offense, but I started with the offense on the rapid reaction show. And so I want to focus on the defense with you because they are the, the star of hope so far for this team. And I think that there, there hasn't been uh, enough like national coverage of just how good the chiefs defense has been this season. And right. a- after Thursday night's performance, I understand the Denver Broncos look like they might legitimately be in play for the number one overall pick might legitimately be the worst team in all of na- the national football league, but they dominated Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos offense, which has looked quite a bit more functional this season than they were last year with Nathaniel Hackett. But I think we shouldn't just keep talking about the Chiefs' defense is playing really well. They've been really impressive this season. We should start talking about this defense in the same vein as like the San Francisco 49ers because people say the 49ers' best team in the NFL right now, that defense is absolutely loaded. I think the Chiefs have the case right now to be the second-best defense in the NFL behind the San Francisco 49ers because they've been that impressive through six weeks, and I feel like people need to start acknowledging that more. You kind of hint at, hinted at it with the offense and, and its struggles, and I understand we're focusing on the defense right now. But just in this game, in the prism of this game, I think we have to realize something about the Denver Broncos, and this becomes a good and a bad thing if you're a Chiefs fan, right? So the Broncos had a poor record coming in. 
the offense was actually playing well, very quietly, because you've seen some of the blowouts that they were sustaining, and you've seen that as a team, it, it has been quite a mess, especially with some of the storylines off the field. Hell, you had uh, Jerry Judy yelling at Steve Smith uh, on the sideline at Arrowhead uh, before this game began on Thursday night. But the offense has been good, uh, and it's been their defense that has been really struggling. And so you would have thought that maybe this game would have gone in a, in a different direction, but the Chiefs dominated the good part of the team, and they struggled against the bad part. And I just – I think you're right. I, I, I think this defense is very quietly top five and even pushing for uh, top two, top one, maybe in the NFL. And, you know, I always say this about the Chiefs, and I, I, I still believe it even through six games, Steve. Uh, if there was one side of the, the, the football that you'd want to see positive signs from, I think it's always going to be the defense. Because I just feel between Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, by the time the playoffs roll around, they will have figured this thing out where it always does feel like the defense is a question mark. And in this particular year, the defense hasn't been a question mark at all. It's been an exclamation point. Uh, and I, I'm just, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a game that you cover uh, doing what we do where it's interesting every year because you get a different story. And the story of this year very early year has certainly been the defense. Yeah, and I understand that nationally it's probably never going to get the coverage that Patrick Mahomes is going to get, that Travis Kelsey is going to get now that he's dating Taylor Swift and, and all of that. And, you know, and two Hall of Fame caliber players, two Super Bowl champions. Uh, but the Chiefs defense is just playing absolutely out of their minds right now. And Chris Jones picks up another sack on Thursday night, but was a menace to that Denver Broncos offensive line all throughout the evening. And we know he's playing for all those incentives this season, but he has been absolutely dominant. He's got a sack in every game that he's been a part of so far this year for the Chiefs. Uh, George Karloftis dealing with a hamstring injury is supposed to be on a snap count. He was a menace on Thursday night. Mike Dana had uh, big moments. Justin Reed had big moments. Nick Bolton back from his three-game absence had a nice athletic pick. Like just everywhere across the board. Like I just I keep trying to find places to like poke holes in the defense, and they've got depth in playmakers across the board at every level of the defense. And this is for real, and we need to be totally bought into it because I have seen everything I need to see to believe that this defense can be a championship caliber defense because through six weeks, they've been absolutely dominant. Yeah. And I know that it, it's, it's been rough for the offense, but I, and I know we'll talk more about it, but I think they'll get there. And so I think you have a defense that is going to vie for top five in the NFL. You hope that they can keep this up. And like I said, through five or six weeks, it, it, it does show some consistency. You can believe in things that you've now seen for six, six weeks running. And you also get Charles Amenehu back, uh, which is going to be a huge piece. So he is only added to the mix. Uh, I asked Nick Bolton at the podium and about his uh, issue with his high ankle. And, and he de I asked him about his ankle, and he, and he said it was a high ankle sprain. It usually takes guys more than to three weeks to heal. Sometimes it's as many as five or six. And he was able to rehab hard, tried to play last week, couldn't do it. But he confirmed that he's 100%. So now you get Nick Bolton into a room. I was already doing okay without him and just the fact that Drew Tranquil has played so well. And again, you get a menu back. The secondary is, is playing well. Just really like not only what this defense has done, but what it could be 
now that you put a, a Manny Hugh on the, in the front seven. Yeah, for everyone saying, oh, the Broncos are going to cut Frank Clark. Let's bring him home. Like, don't forget about Charles Amenahu coming back next week. He's going to be available in that game against the Los Angeles Chargers. And the Chiefs pass rush has already been spectacular this season. And Amenahu quietly might be one of the most versatile guys on that defensive line. And they haven't even gotten to get him involved yet. So I don't really see the chiefs bringing Frank Clark in. I don't know how you feel about that, Pete, but I tend to think they're just going to roll the dice and see what they got in their big free agent acquisition in Charles Amenahu. Yeah. And I, I think Steve and uh, you know, I, I, we got to wait till he gets back right and see him play, but I, I feel like it's going to feel like a trade. I, I really do. I, I know that everyone wants to add another piece to either side. It's always uh, it's always fun to to dream about players that aren't currently playing for your team. But this is going to feel like a, a trade because it's actually going to be the first time we see him in a Chiefs uniform. He signed the contract, had some of that off the, the field stuff uh, that he went through with the 49ers, ended up getting punished for it. Uh, and now uh, he'll make his Chiefs debut. And, and that is going to feel like a midseason acquisition. And it's a big one. The Chiefs really, really like what Amenahu brings to the table. They actually, to my understanding, felt like the 49ers weren't maybe maximizing everything that they feel he can do. And so great to get him in a room with one of the best position coaches in the NFL in Joe Cullen. And I think it's only going to make that group better and it's going to make the defense better. And I had my fun talking about the defense and we got to move over to the (laughs) offensive side of the ball. Um, Yeah, it's. I talked about this on the rapid reaction show and I was just like, I'm not worried. Like I'm not concerned. Like obviously when you watch what other teams have done to the Denver Broncos recently and you say, well, they only put up 19 points, but you mentioned it, Pete, it was like the most lopsided 11 point victory that you could ever think of. I don't know if it was a score Maybe it was a weird score for an NFL game, but the chiefs offense just, I, they couldn't finish in the red zone. That continues to be an issue. They couldn't finish short yardage plays. That continues to be an issue. But it also just felt like Andy Reid was playing games with the Denver Broncos on Thursday night. Like it, it did not feel like the Chiefs were maximizing their effort every time they got the offense on the field. And it just felt like they were kind of throwing things out there to be like, eh, got a tough matchup against the Chargers next week. Let's try some things out, see what works, see what doesn't, and then we'll we'll figure it out ahead of that big matchup next week. Yeah, I'm I'm going to steal something from Twitter, or I guess X, right? Uh, and and a former Kansas Cityite in Kansas City and in, in Nick Wright kind of looked like the Chiefs against lesser teams have a practice. It looked like a practice. They were trying some things out. And, uh, you know, it ended up, it ended up flirting with disaster because uh, a couple calls went the other way. I hope uh, there are a lot of fans of the New York Jets watching, but all of a sudden it was a one-score game where the Broncos were finding themselves in it. It, it was crazy. And I, you know, I joked originally that uh, it seemed like it was a blowout, but it wasn't. And, and I think you look at the offense and you're just perplexed once they got into the red zone. Between the 20s, it was pretty good. Uh, then a lot of a lot of the stalling came in the red zone. And again, uh, I want to be clear here. The Broncos have been bad at that. Came, coming into the game, they were at number 22 in the NFL uh, in defending in the red zone. 20, you know, about 60% of the time, 60-some-odd percent, opposing teams were scoring touchdowns. And so it was a weak point for the Broncos. And the Chiefs were not, were not good in this particular game. Uh, I, I like that they get a minute 
there. Um, it seems like they're starting to lean into what's working. I did notice that she Rice was getting more snaps in this game, which is a fantastic sign because I, I think the Chiefs were actually starting to see what a lot of us were seeing and that he might be the most reliable uh, player on this. I don't think it was completely terrible, but uh, certainly some things to complain about in, in the red zone and, and the short yardage. And I think even some of the decision-making of Patrick Mahomes, which is, it's weird for me to even say that, but I just think we're at the oh. point where, you know, you want to see better, better choices from Pat. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I don't think Patrick Mahomes is playing close to the level. Most of us are used to seeing right now no. through six games this season, but I also think that we really have to take some time and consider like all of the personnel changes that the chiefs have gone through over the last couple of years and the overhaul of the offensive line, plus all the new faces in the wide receiver room. And you have to sit back and say, well, you know, maybe our expectations were a little too high coming into the season with how young all of these players were, because last year you go through this overhaul in the wide receiver room works great. Chiefs have the most efficient offense in the Andy Reed, Patrick Mahomes era, but that was with mostly veteran players. And I think right now you're seeing a lot more growing pains from a sky Moore, from Rasheed Rice, from Kadarius, Tony, and, and these other guys, because you have your veteran players in Justin Watson and Marquez Valdez Scantling, but they're basically one dimensional wide receivers. They're deep ball kind of straight line speed guys who don't necessarily do everything else that you need your wide receivers to do. And there's also just another element of the Patrick Mahomes where when plays break down, it's just get open, find the open space that we talk about that, you know, unspoken, just kind of mind reading meld between him and Travis Kelsey. They're still trying to figure out how to make that work with all these other guys. And I think we just drastically underestimated the amount of work that it was going to take to get the offense to where it needed to be coming into the season. I don't know what the Broncos were doing. It, and you talked to Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid after the game, and it seemed like they were playing a lot of that soft zone. And that's what Travis Kelsey kills. And yeah. so if they just had a better plan and focused on where Kelsey was uh, throughout this football game, I think this may have been, been one of those ugly, like, 6-3, 9-3 games that could have ended up being whoever had the football last type of things. But Travis Kelsey against that soft zone early on was a difference and allowed the Chiefs to kind of control it. And then once you're in a 16-0 hole, you can only do so many things. And so um, curious, uh, curious plan, I, I thought, from um, curious plan, I thought, from the Broncos to start. And it, I don't know, I just, is it just that NFL coaches just outthink themselves sometimes? I just couldn't understand. No, I mean, they're, they're tanking. The plan, they're, they're tanking. Win. The Broncos are tanking. We can just be honest about yeah, it. Like, I don't, you, if, if you, if you're playing the Chiefs, there's one player who you, you have to focus on right now. Like, I, I don't know where we're, I'm, you know, we're just people who cover the, the sport. Um, and we're never going to have the expertise that, that, you know, some of these defensive coordinators, it just made no sense. And, uh, yeah, the hole was too much to overcome once Travis Kelsey had, like, what was it, like 10 catches? Uh, he, like, had, he had 100 yards in a blink in this game. So yeah. it, it was over by that point. He Travis Kelsey, I think, finished the game with 121 yards. He had 109 of it in the first half of this right. football yeah. game. Like, just complete and utter dominance in the first half. But you mentioned Rasheed Rice. Uh, career high on Thursday night, 72 receiving yards. And... It's just without a shadow of a doubt, six games into this regular season, 
he is the most talented wide receiver the Chiefs have deployed this year, and it's not even close. And he continues to flash it week after week. It's I, I'm really hoping that this was just kind of the warm up game for the Chiefs offense ahead of this big matchup against the only team in the division that can really challenge you in the Los Angeles Chargers. And hopefully we finally see him get deployed in a much more uh, full-time role next week and hopefully for the rest of the season from then on out. Yeah, it, it, it seemed early on, and I'll have to see what happens with the snap counts um, once they come out, but it seemed like early on I, I saw that there were some uh, people of the fantasy community counting that he was right there with Sky Moore and actually through the first couple of drives led the wide receivers in offensive snaps. Uh, and I, you know, I asked Andy Reid about that after, and you know, he just kind of said, that Rice has been reliable uh, and he's been explosive for us. And and I, I think that's why you're seeing him now get the opportunity. And you see what he did with more opportunity. Uh, there was a moment, uh, you know, I'm talking about all these moments that I had at the press conference. You can go listen to him on, on from the podium. But there was a moment where I had a question with Patrick Mahomes and I asked him about that third and two late in the game. Again, baffling that it was still a game, Steve. But I asked him, you know, you guys needed two yards and you went to Rasheed for 28. And something stood out to me, and I'm going to write this in the Arrowhead Pride Premier newsletter. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm promoting everything we have tonight. Um, <laughs> but uh, the key was, he said that the Broncos finally had a plan for Travis, and Travis was covered essentially. And who did he end up going? Not to Sky Moore, not to Kadarius Tony. I don't know who was on the field, so don't hold me to that. But you know, not to any of these other players but he went to Rasheed Rice and it wasn't for three yards to get the first down. It was 28 yards on the field. That's the confidence that he has. So I don't know if this is the key moment where we finally know who that next guy after Travis Kelsey is going to be. Uh, but once Patrick Mahomes kind of said that, it you know kind of clicked in my brain. And I was like, I think we got our juju. And uh, that that's kind of one of the positives that I'm taking from the night and, and what was disappointing. And I hope it was just in the red zone. Like, I hope we look back at this and say, you know what? They were taking step forward. They were just stalling, you know, in the red zone. She made five red zone trips. You just were only able to convert one of them. Yeah. And that that's really encouraging for Rasheed Rice. But I mean, Chiefs fans can see it on a weekly basis. He's just he's got more bursts, his tackle breaking ability. Like he he's just got a, a lot more and bringing a lot more to the table than anybody else in that wide receiver room is right now. So. You know, as his role expands, he's going to have some bad games. Probably he's a rookie. He's still learning. They're still figuring out how to utilize him. But without a doubt, the Chiefs have to get him more involved offensively moving forward. But Isaiah Pacheco had a good night. Travis Kelsey had a good night. And the Chiefs pick up a win at the end of the day. That's all that matters. Even though they're still a work in progress, this is a team that sits at 5-1 and one through six weeks of the NFL season. So I don't think we should be too worried about it. But He's Pete Sweeney. You can follow him on Twitter at PG Sweeney. I'm Stephen Serta. That's where you can find me. Uh, as always, please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review everything that we are doing on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. Uh, Pete mentioned Arrowhead Pride Premier. I, I highly encourage you to sign up for our newsletter. It's spectacular. Pete doing great work over there. Uh, but Chiefs improved to 5-1. and one. Take on the Los Angeles Chargers next week. We will be back on Monday with the next edition of the Arrowhead Pride Report to get you ready for that big matchup in Week 7 for the Kansas City Chiefs. Support for this show comes from Wix Studio. Designers and devs, you might be able to do your thing better on Wix Studio, a web platform with everything you need to deliver bespoke sites hyper-efficiently. 
design teams get a ton of smart features that can take the grind out of web creation without it costing per-pixel control. Dev teams, you get a zero-setup, developer-first environment, combined with an AI code assistant and your preferred IDE for rapid deployment. Search Wix Studio today to explore the full range of features. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com slash Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com slash flagship. This is a paid advertisement.